It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. On Intech Today this week, would you believe it's already been 10 years since the first iPhone came out? We go through the revolutionary devices' ups and downs. And another month and another ransomware attack. We look at Petya and remind you how to stay protected. And our techno dinosaur has a few queries about her broadband plan and its awful, awful <laughs> speed. As always, you can join the conversation on Twitter. We are at Intech Today Pod. I'm Josh Weiss. I'm Ed Swift. And this is your fuss-free, low-fat, no-frills guide to the week in technology gadget and the internet it's in tech today hello hello how well, are you ed i'm good how are you yeah yeah, I'm all right. I'm ready for the weekend. I'm going to be honest with you. This has been a long. This has felt like a long week. Has every week the last sort of six to nine weeks felt like a long a week? A little or bit. Is it just I, me? I, it's not just you. So I mean, obviously last week we had the heat wave. So yep. that's what made it feel long. Oh, like, well, but, we had the heat wave and a broken podcast episode. If you listened to last week's podcast episode, well done you. I struggled. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely struggled through it. Um, Featuring, if you haven't listened, you should go back and listen to it because it features me standing in an air-conditioned kitchen at work, uh, explaining why the podcast is broken at the beginning. Um, but I bet you that air, air conditioning felt really oh, good, right? Compared to the studio that we did the podcast in. Last oh, week. that was really hot. That was uncomfortable. So yes, no heatwave last week, and um, now this week. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because we've gone back to cooler weather that it just feels long, and we're ready for a weekend. I was about to say it's cooler outside. But it's still so hot here. Yeah, is it really hot in here? Uh, it's it's warm. I, I mean, I've got my t-shirt on. I haven't got. I haven't had to wear my coat anymore. Short sleeve, but I'm still feeling pretty warm. Yeah. Um. Maybe we'll get some fresh air after yeah. the episode. Cool down a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. For the benefit of listeners, uh, we should probably mention, just briefly mention at this stage, that this is the last episode of Intech Today for a while. This is <gasps> the final episode of season one. We're going to explain a bit more as to the why at the end of the episode so you just have to keep listening or cheat and skip through don't cheat that's, um, that's just just mean don't cheat just either 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 it counts as a listen for our sponsors i shouldn't say that or we'll lose the sponsors please listen to the whole episode <laughs> it's all right they've already heard the sponsor ad. they've already yeah. heard it now well what about the uh post roll listen to later on in the podcast as well as the very end and if you're in a jurisdiction where we don't currently have sponsors do what you want well still listen to us though yeah, but yeah. do do what you want with the audio file. Um, bearing in mind, it remains copyright of Parktown Studios, so don't don't do what you want. Well, I mean, we're we're late. We're kind of we're we're pretty flexible, aren't we? Um, I mean, we don't want to do you know naughty opening things ourselves that. up to liability here. Anyway. If you want to do something with the audio, maybe just flick us an email. Let us know what you want to do with the audio, and um, yeah, why not? And we might let you do it. Um, anyway, are we rambling? We are rambling. rambling. Shall we get on? <laughs> we should, and we'll start with uh, this week another ransomware attack. Another one. Another? Another big one. Oh, God. Now, the thing is, last year, uh, there was a lot of talk about how uh, cyber attacks 
were going to be the next big thing. And no one really took it seriously because for a lot of people, when you talk about cyber attacks or viruses, they still think about the love bug <laughs> or you know that, those computer worms of old that would make their way through your Outlook Express and may, yeah. maybe uh, corrupt your copy of Microsoft Works. Um, oh, that's a real throwback. Microsoft Works. Oh, yeah. wow. the, word for people who couldn't afford Word. <laughs> um, but, but it's a lot more than that now. It's not yep. just something that'll just bugger up your computer for the fun of it. Because that's what the lo love bug was. It just buggered up people's computers for the fun of it because hacking back then was a bit of a ha-ha, oh, let's see what we can do thing. Mm. Um, now it genuinely is a threat to our everyday way of life. Yeah. Really. And that sounds alarmist. But it's true. It's true. I mean, look at what happened here in the UK. I mean, the, uh, the, the NHS. The NHS, exactly. Tell, yeah, with um, um, WannaCry. Yeah. I was trying to remember the name, but WannaCry basically shut down large sections of our national health service, yeah. service in, which means yeah. that you know anyone that had to go to an emergency room, which um, we, we actually had to go to the emergency room that weekend. Really? Um, we were at a netball tournament, and one of the players um, basically pulled their hamstring. Oh, God. It, it, it turned out it was nothing major, but we called up their sort of advice line. And yeah. Said, yeah, okay, you should go to a hospital yeah, and get it checked out. Get the scans out. and that sort of thing. You know, with computers down, it was more chaotic than it could have been, than so it should have been. Instead of a x-ray did they have to sort of take one of those you know those shade things you used to do with leaves exactly around the <laughs> got leg a pencil and, and just started <laughs> yeah. shading it in. <laughs> so, oh yeah it's broken um, <laughs> not quite but no it's it so it, it's a massive threat and this week uh it was wednesday wasn't it that we first no yeah. sorry tuesday tuesday that we first got the news i keep thinking today's friday i'm just hopeful we want I'm the weekend to be this here. weekend today is thursday just a reminder <laughs> um so it was Tuesday that we heard uh, the sort of headline on Tuesday was that a new ransomware attack was hitting um, across Europe, specifically airlines, uh, banks, and then uh, sort of utilities, your electricity utilities, um, gas, telecoms, that sort of thing. Key, key pillars of infrastructure. Yeah, basically. So it looked like it was targeting infrastructure. Um, now, it, it, it was ransomware. So it was ransomware being this uh, type of malware that infects your device and then literally holds your files ransom until you decide to pony up for whatever mm. uh, cost they're asking for. But the, which is usually around the $300. Exactly, which we, we talked about a few episodes ago as being that pain point, that mm. $300. It's high enough for uh, people to take it seriously, but low enough for people to sort of go, I guess I'll pay. Yeah, um, yeah. but anyway, um, so... It was ransomware, but the difference between this and WannaCry was that this ransomware had a very, very, very short space of time before it just said, oh, you didn't pay, fine, <laughs> files are gone. Um, so I think by the end of Tuesday or early on Wednesday, it was already too late for many of these attacked and, and utilities. You, as you mentioned, they were utilities. They, were, they weren't like small small businesses. They no. were They were... It, it was really targeted, wasn't it? Yeah. That, I, I saw an article this morning saying that it's actually not just, it's not really ransomware. It is a targeted cyber attack. Yeah. And I, th I think that that's what, because again, um, the definitions of these sorts of words can be flexible. Like it was mm. the way it presented itself first on people's devices was a, a piece of ransomware where it, it looked like... It looked like you'd opened a dodgy email, yeah. clicked, a, clicked a button, and then it would yeah. spread that way. But traditionally, ransomware is a relatively small, rel relatively light kind of a program that sort of runs from computer to computer running a mock and just getting to where it can. Mm. But the way this was constructed seemed like it was something much more. I mean... Uh, FedEx, 
the courier company mm. uh, in the Netherlands. Their operations across the country were almost brought to their knees by this mm. by this thing. And you think about how many thousands and thousands of packages FedEx would deliver across the Netherlands in a day. Yeah. Um, and they just couldn't do it. And how that affects business, how that affects uh, the way people, again, the way people go about their lives. Mm. So, um, yeah, it, it, it looks like now that it was a major cyber attack designed to hit key points of infrastructure but disguised as ransomware so that uh, you know uh, authorities and uh, security organizations responding to it were sort of maybe fooled a little bit into the way they responded to it when they first mm. did that. So they sort of, okay, it's ransomware, we need to look for a kill switch, we need to uh, disable it that way so it doesn't spread. Whereas it was an attack that went straight to those pinch points of, of the connected infrastructure. Mm. Um, and yeah, it buggered a lot of places. Yeah, I, 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 I saw that even it shut down the Chernobyl monitoring system. Oh, that's it, good. Yeah, so that's always, that's always helpful. And Maersk Shipping Line, um, they, oh, yep. they had issues as well. I saw a story from back home in New Zealand, which they actually, one of the ports actually had to go to a manual system because they couldn't get, Merce couldn't send them any, sh- any you know, manifestos or anything about their ships. They had yeah. to do it all. They were doing it all via Gmail. That's how, that's wow. how they had to do it because their whole, they basically <laughs> took their whole system offline. So they're just back to the classic email. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Um, now it seems that the, the sort of main target of the attack was the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Ukraine as we call it now. Yeah. I believe I got in trouble in a newsroom a few years ago for calling it the Ukraine, and I believe I got in trouble with it was you, Ed. Yeah, sorry about <laughs> that. Um, it did used to be called the Ukraine. I just want to make that but clear. But it's now Ukraine. Oh. Anyway. Anyway. Um, the or Ukraine. Uh, <laughs> either either. Basically, that country yep. was the main target of the attack. Um, I mean, uh, it's central bank. You know, the bank that sets interest rates and prints money and decides monetary policy was hit. Um, The main airport in Kiev, um, which, by the way, has the highest prices for a basic burger and chips I've ever seen at an airport in Europe. Was it was it worth it, though? No. Oh, no. I think like a burger and chips worked out at something close to twenty six New Zealand dollars at the time. That is pricey. About 13 pounds. Um, In Ukraine. Yeah, that's a lot for a burger. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. so anyway, but that, again, not related to here. Um, no, it hit the uh, main airport in Kiev. It hit uh, the public transport in Kiev and other main cities. And again, like you said, the uh, Chernobyl power plant, they had to move their radiation sensing systems to manual. I don't know what manual radiation sensing means. I hope it's not some bloke in a rubber suit walking around with a sensor going, it's okay. It's okay here too. <laughs> you know you know those radiation centers where they, <laughs> sensors where they sort of make that clicking noise? Yeah, There's probably yeah. just some guy going, <laughs> yeah, counting the clicks and then ah, <laughs> uh, so it's it, it's yeah. Um, now it's sorry, that was a very long silence. Um, dead airs, crime on radio it made me very uncomfortable. Um, it it leads to the question. It's clearly an attack on these pinch points of infrastructure. It was also very clearly directly targeted at Ukraine, among other places. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also very clearly very complex um, and and involved a lot of forethought and design before it was put out there. So now the question is coming up, was it political? And we don't like to get too political on this show. Mm. We're a tech show. We're nice and light. But I mean, come on. You, you do have to wonder. Russia, right? 
Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to be throwing around accusations, but but come on, you've got to wonder. <laughs> they've definitely got the tools if they want to do it. Um, th- I mean, they've had a bit of a spat with Ukraine, just a casual one for the last few years that you know kind of involved them annexing various territories of Ukraine against international orders. So <laughs> nothing too major there. Nothing major. Um, and. Yeah, so, I mean, that is the question that's going around at the moment. Was it political? And if it was political, is this the new war? Well, this is the interesting thing. Uh, Sir Michael Fallon, who's the UK's Defence Secretary, has come out saying, you know, any form of cyber attack, we we reserve the right to retaliate in any way, whether that's troops, whether that's airstrikes, whether it's cyber, you know, retaliatory cyber attacks. You know, they're not ruling out actually saying, okay, well, if this is a cyber attack... We might actually send troops into your country if it's state sponsored. So the, the, you know, there's there's every possibility. You know, as you say, this is the new form of warfare, and it could actually expand to being just a single part of a larger picture when it comes to you know playing. I had to use this phrase, playing the game of war. Well, yeah, it, and when you when you think about it, um, I mean, historically, war um, involved a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of expense, a lot of people. It cost a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You look at the world wars in Europe, um, and it was very, very costly economically too because whether you won or lost the war, your economy would be ruined for years if you go for that classic war. Classic warfare. Um, through very careful diplomacy, uh, the Western world had, at least has managed to avoid war in its own territory for a long time now. Mm. Um or at least widespread war. Obviously, disputes happen from time to time, and 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 that sucks. Yeah. But widespread warfare of the type we've seen in the past has been avoided for decades now, and I think these days we're in an age of lower public spending. We're in an age where people don't like to spend money, and we're in an age where there is no public appetite to send troops on a mass basis to countries close by or are considered culturally similar or that you know that there is no I, I don't even think there's appetite to send troops on a widespread basis to any country mm. apart from perhaps in the US to an extent yeah. but that's a different cultural thing um, but there's certainly no appetite for example to send hundreds of thousands of British troops to Russia that's definitely people don't want that no um, so this kind of cyber warfare it's cheaper for the government so they don't have to get it past treasury mm. um, it's much easier in terms of manpower and it i, I don't think um it, it would involve the same upset from the populace mm. that sending boots on the ground would so is this how it works now do we just have to worry about all of our sensitive data being stolen by the um what's it called now the fsb is that the is that I the uh, capitalist official, name for the KGB? I think that's their official acronym um, now. It's the KGB. Um, it's this. This show is going to be attacked by Russia tomorrow. Um, is is this? Is this the? I mean, in the Cold War, it was always a worry about nukes. That worry is certainly a lot less now. Perhaps it's more today than it was this time last year for various mm-hmm. orange reasons. Um, but I mean, we're certainly not as worried about nukes now as we were in say the 1950s. Mm. But should we be worried about this? Is this is this how it works now? I, I think it is going to become a, a major part of um, you know modern warfare. Actually, cyber attacks. I mean, even even looking at how they're doing, you know, traditional things like airstrike. You know, a lot of that, a lot of that monitoring, a lot of those things can be all done by unmanned yeah. drones now, and it's all some guy sitting behind a joystick 
in front yeah. of the computer. You know, it, it's not actually sending people out into the battlefield nowadays necessarily. I'm, I'm pretty sure that the US military has hired um, people from professional video gaming backgrounds mm. to do that sort of thing. That, no, that, I mean, why wouldn't you? Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. The, the other thing is, can, can we protect ourselves from other states that have massive you know, ability to do this sort of thing? To be honest, at a government level, I'm sure there are things that they can do. From a personal point of view, y- you you know your your protections may <laughs> not necessarily yeah do what you can. But going back to that point, doing what you can, mm. you know, we have talked about this before. How you can actually protect yourself from cyber attacks, from ransomware. Just remind us how how we go through this again. Well, you start start, start with your passwords. Yeah, always course. start with your passwords. Have good passwords and don't use the same one for every service. You can go for the Ed approach, which is to have a bunch that are different and you remember them in your mind. It works for you, which it is great. It works for me. Yeah. Occasionally I might enter the wrong one, but then I remember, but no, that's not the password yeah. for this. It's this one. Which is fine. And then there's, there's the approach I use, which is uh, I actually have an encrypted password locker that I pay something like £8 a year for or something. So it's a minimal cost. And for me, that because my memory is not great when it comes to passwords, that mm. uh, helps me to remember all these different passwords. Um so, yeah, at the very least, start with the passwords and keeping things locked down. Below that, I think everyone should start looking at two-factor. Easily. Um, which I've, I've done that in the last sort of year. I've slowly changed all of the things that I log into every day mm. to two-factor. So now what I need to do, like, is, for example, when I sit down at my computer in the morning and I go and I log into uh, Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, um, and all of the other accounts, I then have to use an authenticator app on my phone to generate a code for each one after I've put in the password, and it's a one-time use code, Mm -hmm. uh, which basically means my phone is like a physical key, and without my phone, I can't access those accounts. So that locks it down. I do have a backup for that. Um, All of those accounts have uh, like backup codes that I've literally written down on a piece of paper and Mm. put into a drawer, but it doesn't say what the codes are or which one they're for. So, um, so, But but again, that, that... So two factor, I think, is quite important too. And everyday other, people need to stop thinking about it. The other good thing about two factor, I've got um, text message two factor authentication for yeah. Facebook. So yeah. I know if someone tries to log into my Facebook account and they do manage to get through for somehow, yeah, I know that I'm going to get a text on my phone with a code, and then I'll be able to know. Okay, hold up, someone's logged into my account. I now need to change that password. Yeah, and I need to lock, make sure that account is locked down completely. Yeah, and then on Facebook also offers actually on their app now. Uh, to notify you whenever there's a login attempt. Yeah. So it, it actually pops. Excuse me. Um, it actually <laughs> pops up on on mine now if I log in on a Windows 10 computer using a Chrome browser in uh, Westminster, for example. Yep. Uh, for whatever reason, it'll say login attempt now. Chrome browser Windows 10 Westminster. Is and this you? Yeah. And yeah. you can, and if it's not you, it'll, it'll disallow the login and log you out on that computer. Mm. Um, I think one of the yeah. other most important things to protect yourself is make sure your your computers and your devices are up to date. You yes. know, especially if you've got a Windows computer or an Android phone. Um, you know, when they do release those security updates, yeah. Um, and Apple phones, to be honest, definitely as well. iPhones and actually Mac computers these days. I mean, mm. ten years ago, everyone's like, "Get a Mac; it'll never get a virus." Unfortunately, it's, the hackers have caught up. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it really does prove that you don't. You do need to actually make sure your devices are up to date Absolutely. because they will release important security updates. They'll, you know, they'll find loopholes. Hackers will find loopholes, and then, you know, th- yeah. they actually get rewarded by some of these tech companies for finding those loopholes, bringing it to the, you know, Microsoft's attention as an example. Yeah, and then they'll close it down, 
and then they'll release that update. So do make sure your device is up to date. If you are using Windows XP <laughs> Stop. and you don't need to. Stop. Stop. If, if you're using it and you do need to, pay someone who knows what they're doing to make sure you're safe. Yeah. Um, if you don't need to, stop. Of course, none of this will protect you from those state-sponsored cyber warfare attacks. But it will stop you from your everyday hacker trying to get into your accounts, your, your laptop stealing your files, yeah. and maybe even a bit of the odd bit of ransomware that might pop up in your email. Yeah, because of course there is always the uh, to play absolute um, tinfoil hat here. You can lock down all of your devices. You can lock down everything in your house. But your router is still made in China. <laughs> And who knows what they've put in it. We'll go get the tinfoil later on. <laughs> well, can you believe it has been 10 years since the original iPhone came out? 10 months. 10 years. 10 days. Years. 10 years. years. A decade. I know. It has been a decade since uh, Steve Jobs first came out there and said, just one more thing. <laughs> hey, guys. Just one more thing. Just hold. I did. I did like the way he did that. <laughs> it, it was a way, the thing is back then it was it was absolutely revolutionary revolutionary when he did that. You yeah. you didn't really know what was coming, but now with all the leaks, it's like okay, well, we know what the next one more thing is going to be. It's going to yeah. be this thing that's been leaked for ages, and it's yeah. going to be a new phone or a new iWatch or whatever. <laughs> anyway, ten years since we had the first iPhone. Well, it was launched in America at least. Never really made it to New Zealand where we were. But in 10 years, we've had 11, 11 different releases. Hey, Ed, can I just make a request? Yeah, sure. Can you turn slightly to the camera? Because uh, okay. it no longer knows you're a face. Okay. Is that better? Um, still doesn't know you're a face. Hi. Still doesn't know you're a face. Oh, man. Come on. Ed's there. Come on, man. Hello. This is fun for our podcast listeners who aren't watching the video. It had you as a face when we started. Huh. I think you've just been facing me for too long. Probably. I just gotta I've just got to angle yourself way. out. Okay, then. We'll fix this. There we go. Do you want me to start the whole? whole no, no, no. We'll just we'll just keep going. This will be a bit of fun for the for the podcast yeah, listeners. Yeah. Okay, hi podcast listeners. I think I've set you as a face now. All right, cool. See if that works. Anyway, ten years. We have had eleven different iPhone release dates. Everything from the first generation back in June 29th, uh, two thousand and seven, which is that very first iPhone. And to be honest, it was a revolutionary device. Yeah, you know, it was it the w- first. <laughs> it was a revolutionary device that sucked, but it was revolutionary. It was revolutionary. Totally I mean, without this first generation iPhone. We probably wouldn't have most of the smartphones we have today, totally. or at least they'll be totally. coming. You know, they would be coming a lot later. Um, of course, it took a year for for Apple to think, okay, well, we need to update this now. We need to give <laughs> it more power and do more things with it. Maybe know? we actually need to make it three G. I mean, come on. I know it was the first one, but even in 2007, it should have been a 3G phone. True, that is true, and Gosh. that's probably why it didn't really make it outside the US. Yeah, because you know there wasn't. Much, you know, it was revolutionary. It was a good device for its time, but it still wasn't enough to make you necessarily switch phones. Yeah. Bear, bear in mind, these are day; those were the days when you know you bought a phone and you wanted to, you wanted to last for as long as possible, and you only replaced it if something absolutely brand new and amazing came out, yeah. or if you broke your phone. Well, this was also the days when you charge your phone maybe once every ten days. Oh, those were good old days, <laughs> weren't they? Um, I don't remember having to worry about how much charge my phone had and it being a surprise when it was low. Do you <laughs> no, remember that feeling? Uh, yes, I do, but it was only after three days of the, my Nokia 3315. I was like, oh, oh, okay, actually my battery's low now. I have to charge it now. I have to charge it now after yeah. three days. Oh, that's a bit early. I know. Oof. 
I, I was a heavy user. <laughs> anyway, Apple came out in July 20, uh, 2008 with the iPhone 3G. Now, that was the first real device which put Apple on the map for, yeah. Their, yeah. for their smartphones. Um, you know, you had you obviously had the basics. You know, you had calling, you had email, you had your calendar there, you had app developers that were building apps for the iPhone. But only after the 3G. Only that was the, the first iPhone. You couldn't actually have third-party apps on. It was literally just a, a pretty touch screen. It was. It which was didn't really differentiate it too much from the likes of BlackBerry, except it had no buttons. That was the revolutionary thing on the first <laughs> one. I think is it's only got one button on the front. Couple of ones Everything on the else side. is a touch screen. Everything else, just glide your fingers over. Remember in the US, you could actually literally just download your voicemails to the phone as well. Not Never was available over here or back in New Zealand. No. But you could actually say, okay, here's a list of my voicemails. I'm going to click that one there because I see that's from my friend Josh. I'm not going to click that one there because I see it's from uh, you know, so-and-so. <laughs> well, that'd be fair. That was not Apple's revolution. That no. One. But um, it was... It visual was voicemail's a been a thing in the US for a while. But the way they presented it was... Exactly. Was, Whereas here, you still have to call the number. I know. You have one new message. Doot. Message received today. All right, I'm going to stop before it literally explodes. This is making me angry. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, you know, after that 3G, we saw a minor update with the 3GS a year later. That was my first actual iPhone, the 3GS. And that was, that was, basically took the 3G and made it better, faster, better processor, better Better camera. Better hardware. Same design, same OS, um, you know, all. It was all the good things of the 3G, yeah. but it was a little bit more powerful. And I think that was the first real widespread iPhone. That was the first one that most sort of Apple users got, at yeah. least at the time. Yeah. Um, and that was the classic design too, with that sort of chrome rim. Exactly. Oh. Since then, of course, we've had, uh, you know, the 4, 4S, 5. We've the got 4 up, with the terrible antenna. 4 with the terrible antenna, and then they fixed it in the 4S. The 4S, then the 5 with the stretch screen. Then the 5C and 5S. So 5C yeah. was the cheaper version. Cheaper. We'll put that in inverted commas because it was still a bloody expensive it, oh, phone. Oh, yeah, it was. It was, but it was but cheaper. It was it, it, the it, budget you iPhone. Lost, you lost a few features, yeah. but it was yeah. still pretty good. The 5S. Then you go to the 6, 6S. The SE, which was sort of there, again, cheaper. Budge, yeah, well, it is their budget one still these days, of course, the SE. And then, of course, last year they came out with the 7 and the 7 Plus. So they moved. The worst <laughs> iPhones in history. I will put that out there right now. The iPhone one sucked, but what are you doing with the 7? I'm going to challenge you on that. I think they are the best iPhones out there. <laughs> but in the last five years, and this is, I think, where Apple set it down for. Since we're looking over the last 10 years, yeah. in the last five years, Sorry, in the first five years, Apple were very revolutionary. They were very innovative. You know, look at those first yeah. iPhones. And they, they really defined what a smartphone should be. The Android developers were playing catch-up all the way up until about, I think, 2012 was when Samsung brought out the S3. And that was sort of when they were on par. Yeah. yeah. I think it got to around the iPhone 6 where Apple sort of lost their yeah. innovation edge. You yep. know, they were just sort of giving the hardware minor updates. You know, sure, they came out with the 6 Plus as well, which, you know, you, you got the sort of phablet. <laughs> the phablet. The phablet. I love that word, phablet. <laughs> um, so, you know, you got the mix of having a big device, but not so big that it couldn't fit in your pocket, even though it only just fits in your pocket. Yeah. Um, on top of that, you know, as I said, the hardware, they were upgrades, but they weren't massive leaps. Right, yeah. uh, Whereas developers like Samsung, they came out with, you know, massive... Uh, you know, improvements in their hardware, in their tech, in their speed. I mean, they, look at their latest um, Galaxy phone. You know, they've got that curved screen, which, I, you know, I still think is a little bit of a gimmick, but it now goes edge to edge. People like it. People like it. and I, it's, it's fine. And, you know, some people will like it, some yeah. people will hate it. Yeah. But this is the thing. So the first five years of Apple's iPhones were absolutely amazing. 
the last five years they've been good. Yeah. But they haven't been good as their competitors. Well, this and you look at the seven, and which is why I mean, before the seven, we were everyone was saying, "Here's a laundry list of things I hope they finally get." And now that laundry list has moved to the eight. I mean, it's still, I mean, it's still running on a dual core processor, which does work well, but not as well as it could. While other brands have gone to eight cores, mm-hmm. um, it still doesn't have fast charging. They've lost the headphone jack, and I yeah. know Apple fans will tell me it's fine. Get Bluetooth headphones or a dongle, but. That is something that pretty much every other phone on the market, with a, some very few glaringly low-selling exceptions, mm. has. That's a universal plug. I wouldn't be surprised though if they if they take on board feedback and bring it back to the next iPhone. But that but that's not Apple's style, is it? To admit that they made a mistake, they don't really openly admit it, and that would be the most glaring admission. It's like, oh, whoops, sorry guys, yeah. your beloved Apple is um, not quite as infallible as you thought it was. Mm. So I don't know if they'll bring it back, but I think that's something that has turned a lot of people off. A- and the fast charging thing. Every Android phone from about 200 pounds up now mm. has fast charging technology. Yeah. It, you know, as, I, as I mentioned before, Apple have been sort of slowly upgrading where everyone else has now been innovative. Yeah. I mean, the other thing you've got to look at here is look at what, who their competitors were 10 years ago. I mean, the main manufacturers of phones were, what, Nokia? Yeah. Uh, Motorola had some pretty good devices. BlackBerry for business devices was, yep. was ubiquitous. Everyone had if you, BlackBerry. If you were a businessman, you had chances are you had a BlackBerry yeah. um, for your phone. Nokia, actually, at the time, were making some really nice smartphones. Ooh, they, they I had the well. N85 um, for a while, actually. Which was that? That was... So it was... Uh, it was about that big. Yeah. So it was a big screen for its time, full color. Yeah. But it wasn't touchscreen. So to control uh, it, you had the front slid up and revealed the, the uh, keypad. keypad at the yeah, back. yeah, yeah. But it also switched around. Um, it had a rotating screen, so it became an N-Gage. Ah, so to play the games yeah, on, because yeah, of course, N-Gage being Nokia's response to the Game Boy, <laughs> um, which never really took off. But it, what, the Game Boy or the N-Gage? Uh, the N-Gage. Good, I was going to say. The Game Boy certainly took off. Game Boy was amazing. Um, well, sorry, well, at the time, it would have been the yeah. DS, wouldn't it, um, from Nintendo, yeah, when they yeah, brought out yeah. the N-Gage. But it, um, so that was really cool. But within a couple of years, I was going, oh, man, I could do it with a touchscreen. <laughs> yeah. And and you know what? Apple Apple responded to that. They yeah. came out with the touchscreen yeah. first. Um, and, you know, look at Nokia where they are now. You know, they went through a period where no one was really buying a Nokia phone. They, uh, as we talked about before, they came up with their own operating system. Well, they, the, the operating system Symbian, which was on my N85, they'd had for years, and that was that um, Nokia operating system that went from the black and white phones, yeah. the sort of monochrome screens from years ago, and they just kept developing it through color phones and introducing Java apps and that sort of thing. But they, So they thought it was great and amazing, and it was until we all saw iOS. Yeah. Um, but they sort of refused to drop it, and then they refused to move to Android. And then they tied up with Windows Phone, and we know how well that went. Yeah, where is Nokia now again? Um, they've just started making phones again. Um, they're have not they very good. Have they actually? Yeah, the 33. No, that's that's licensed. Is it licensed? That's licensed. Nokia do oh. not actually make that. Because I know the Nokia brand was sold by Microsoft to a consortium of old Nokia managers. Mm. So they must just be doing think, the licensing. Yeah. Getting a bit of cash money, why not? Yeah, but I mean, Nokia then became Windows Phone, and um, yeah, well, lost the Nokia brand. Yeah, lost the Nokia brand, and Windows Phone doesn't really have much no. out there anymore. And which, which is a shame because I thought it was a really good operating system, but Look, without it, the apps, it had potential. But yeah, the the developers weren't going to Windows yeah. to make the apps for the phones. If if they were there, you know, they could have yeah. been a dominant force. Anyway, happy birthday, iPhone. Yeah. I think I mean. Ten years, it is a long time for a company to be producing... Uh, the same you, thing. <laughs> Although, I mean, it's, it's not quite the same thing. The, the <laughs> same thing, uh, a little bit better. Yeah. 
where will we go from here? I think, I think obviously we're going to see another iPhone later this year. You'll see the, I guess we're going to see the iPhone eight. We're up we're to up eight. To, we're up to eight now. Was it the seven S last year? No, it was seven. But do you reckon they, we're going to go for eight or seven S? I don't know. They've got a lot of updating to do. I don't think they can afford to have an S this year, a second edition. I wouldn't be surprised if they just skip straight to eight. Yeah. Make well, it sort I, of a big 10th anniversary thing. Well, I have heard some rumours that... They could do a Windows and just skip <laughs> a few numbers and call it the iPhone ten. I have heard some rumours that it's going to be a 5.8-inch screen, yep. which is an absolute monstrosity, and I genuinely hope it's not. But we'll be here to give you all the updates on uh, the iPhone 7S or 8 mm. when it comes out. Indeed. And I think the other thing to note is that, um, you know, Apple really do need to step up their game. Otherwise... There is a chance they could go the way of Nokia. That yeah. the, the, the loyal followers will leave them for other devices. Bush. <laughs> you and your Bush Everyone's going to start buying Bush <laughs> phones. Yeah, let's see how that goes. You ready for this, Ed? Favourite segment? Favourite segment. Uh, it is the Techno Dinosaur. What did we decide to call it before? Uh, the uh, Technosaurus Rex. Technosaurus Rex, that's it. Is that it we, is, yeah, it is yeah. our friend Michelle. And who, she sucks with technology. She is... She is a dinosaur when it comes yeah. to technology. Um, she's asked us questions about, last week it was EU roaming. Yeah. Uh, she's asked us questions about her phone, about how yeah. to switch to an Android. Is it really that hard? No, um, and yet she not. still refused to do it and bought another iPhone for way too much money. But, you know, that's something for another week. What has she got this um, week, Josh? All right. Okay, so um, my broadband at home really sucks. I pay for high speed, but it keeps slowing down and dropping out. Sadly, I'm in a two-year contract. Is there any way I can get out of it? So, my first question would be then, who, who is your provider? Sky. And you're just on ordinary broadband, right? Not fibre. Yeah, just ordinary, regular broadband. And have you... I mean, have you been with Sky for a while? I have been with Sky uh, about six years. And the router you're using now, have you had the same one all that time? I have, and that has only just occurred to me. I have had the same router this whole time. Well, there's a few. We have a few options here to help speed up your speed up your broadband. So we'll see what we can do. Get a new router. Yeah, that's really <laughs> the first thing you do. I mean, when you sign on a new contract, when a new fixed term contract with yeah. your broadband provider, they should send you a new router as part of that package. Yeah, true. Although a lot of them don't, if you've been with them for a while and the router's working fine. But Fair enough for cost saving for them, yeah. but... Well, it's only going to cost them a couple of pounds. Well, yeah. The, the, you should be able to ask for it, at yeah. least. And so send you one. the routers released six years ago are pants compared to the ones now. And that's particularly true for Sky, because the old Sky Hub router, that square one, uh, was widely panned in the industry for being just an awful Wi-Fi router. So that could be causing some of Michelle's issues if it's just not getting the signal she needs around the house. Um, if she gets a new router and it's still not good and she's still in her fixed term contract, I think it's all broadband contracts since I think it's late 2015, mm-hmm. uh, at least for a, a, at least a year and a bit. Uh, the um, providers have had to provide you with a guaranteed minimum speed. And if your speed is consistently dropping below that guaranteed minimum, you can just get out of the contract. Mm. So that's the thing you need to look at. If you're getting consistently slow broadband and you're still in your contract, check that guaranteed minimum and then go back to the provider. If you accepted a really bad guaranteed minimum speed, you're probably going to be out of luck. But keep calling them. That's the thing. You can always call them and say, well, hold up, my broadband speed is really... They can run a few tests on your line, figure out what's going on and try and fix it. Um, You know, that is 
it's what they have to do yeah. these days, especially to try and keep your customer at the at the end of your fixed term contracts. So they will try and do everything they can to improve their service yeah. to make sure you're getting what you need. Yeah. Um, of course, there are other options as well. You can always just buy your own router, and you know, but that's going to cost you a lot of money. True. And, and if the problems with your line. You yeah, might sort it's of, not going to fix that. It's, yeah, it's like fixing a hole in the wall by replacing the window on the other side of the house. It's not quite going to yeah. do it. I guess the other thing, it depends on where the router is in the house. Yeah, router placement has a massive uh, impact. Um, particularly, I know Michelle's in a Victorian flat, so a big, thick brick building. I mean, my house is a very old Georgian terrace, big, thick floorboards, and we mm. do struggle to get Wi-Fi signal between floors. We had to find a solution for that. We went for the power line. There are other options. Mm. Um, but router placement is massively important. And you might think it's not a very far distance, but if you've got two or three walls between the, the rooms, then it's not going to get through there. Mm. I am curious, though. Is it her internet speed that's the issue, or is it the Wi-Fi signal that's the issue? Well, that's, yeah. That's another thing altogether. So the Wi-Fi, uh, the, the internet speed could be a variety of issues. You know, as you mentioned, line speed, it yeah. could be just due to an old router. Yeah. If uh, the other thing that could be affecting your internet speed is if you've got a lot of programs running on your computer or tablet or a lot of things connected that are constantly just downloading little bits here and there, you know, yeah. constantly connected, that could be, the more devices you have, basically, the slower your internet's going to be. So always yeah. check that, you know, only your devices are connected that someone hasn't managed to, um, you know, <laughs> hack, yeah. into your, hack into your router, so to speak. Yeah, and, and that is important to remember because the internet you get into your house is a lot like your water supply. You know, if you've got a tap on full blast and then turn on the other tap in the other room, the pressure in the first room goes down. It's the mm. same with the internet. If you've got lots of devices on the internet, they are taking little chunks out of that supply yeah. um, and slowing down your speed. So I think the important thing um, to remember when you're trying to troubleshoot this sort of thing is to... Um, I'll turn off all the devices that connect to the internet except for one and plug it into the router. Yeah. Because um, if you're plugged into the router, you're going to be getting the full line speed. And if you're getting a, a really bad speed when you're plugged in and it's the same sort of level of bad as, as on Wi-Fi, yeah. then you know it's a, it's a line speed problem. If you're getting really good speed when you're plugged in and bad speed when you're on Wi-Fi, then it's you know wifi it's issue. a Wi-Fi issue and you need to look at the router or the placement and that sort of thing. Yeah. So... Yeah, there are, there are various ways to troubleshoot. It can be really infuriating to call up your provider and they run you through the script and and just don't get you anywhere. So, yeah, I, I can understand why people are hesitant to call up the provider. But it, it is it's sometimes worth, worth it. it. Just take an hour or two or five, depending on how long the queue <laughs> on the phone is. Yeah. Well, you can do live chat these days. And even if you, True. you start a live chat and then you stop responding, they will call you up straight away and be like, hi, we noticed you've stopped responding to us. Is everything okay? How can we continue to help you? Oh, that's you? nice of them. Is that yeah. BT? It was BT, actually. Oh. No, uh, I think it was BT. I think I had it with Sky a while ago as oh, well. Oh, wow. That's yeah. pretty good. Um, now we bypass the queue, maybe. <laughs> we also have a listener question mm -hmm. this week from Andy. Uh, now, Andy bought a couple of external hard drives mm -hmm. uh, recently uh, to store all his stuff on, you know, old files, that sort of thing from various computers and uh, things like that. Mm -hmm. But he's a security conscious guy. He listens to the show. He oh, obviously good. understands. <laughs> um, and he wants to encrypt the hard drive so that the files are only accessible uh, with a password or with the right um, decryption tool. Yeah. Um, now, I suggested to him uh, BitLocker, which is part of Windows. comes built in um, on most operating systems. Yeah. 
um, and, Windows operating and, and it's and it is really good I've used it before and because it's built in you just right click on the drive click turn on BitLocker and it, and it walks you through the steps very easily unfortunately it's not built into all versions of Windows and that's what Andy found so he wanted to know if there is another free uh, and easily available and relatively easy to use tool that he can use to encrypt these hard drives and actually before I brought up this question I've got hard drives and I, that was one thing I'd never thought of encrypting I know. neither, neither had I now. I, it totally makes sense I mean bear in mind I do have a backup on a hard drive and then a backup on the cloud but if someone <laughs> steals my hard drive they've got all my photos from yeah. the last 15 years they've got all my personal documents you don't want them to have access to it no exactly so it makes sense yeah. to uh, to you know encrypt it all um, there are a number of free pieces of software out there um, there is something called Disk Cryptor, um, which is entirely free. However, that's spelt funny, isn't it? Uh, no, D I S K C R Y P T O R. Oh, all right, Cryptor. Cryptor. Yeah, that was it. Cryptor. Right, Disk Cryptor. Um, it is rated as pretty good. Uh, however, it hasn't been updated since 2014. So it will still work, but you may not necessarily get the support if something's not working yeah. or future operating systems. So it's you know, and it's, a, it's kind of a community supported. Product, yeah, I mean, it? you yeah. look at their homepage and it's a Wikipedia-style yeah, yeah. uh, homepage. So it is community-supported. Um, so, you know, that's something to consider. Uh, Veracrypt is another one. With, uh, last update came out last year. That's pretty good. Um, and it's been rated uh, four and a half stars on various websites. Um, and you can, you know, again, it's free. However, you can donate to them via Bitcoin or other services as yep. well to keep them running. Um, on top of that, there's a few others. TrueCrypt. True uh, C R Y P T. Yeah, uh, it's powerful, um, powerful piece of encryption software which will, and you know, you can encrypt external hard drives, thumb drives, flash drives, whatever. Yeah, um, and it will all do it. You can also uh, encrypt uh, your regular hard drives with that. You know, the built-in one. So yeah. you know, the one with your operating system, or if you've got a partition, you can encrypt that. Yeah, uh, with your files. That's pretty good. Um, so you know, there are options out there. Um, best thing to do is yeah, Google those three. Those three are rated as as pretty damn good yeah um if you're still not sure though you know google those names have a look at some of the reviews it may even come up with some alternatives for you yeah and th but that's also important to say i think is always look at the reviews on a trusted reviews site because when you're looking for <laughs> free software like this you're often sort of see a lot of malware popping up that looks like it'll be a good piece of software and it's just going to ruin your files. On top of that, you may even find a review that's written by the company <laughs> on some site and you'll find all the reviews will be the exact same thing yeah. on clone websites. You know, always make sure it's from a trusted website. Do check that URL. Oh, and that's goodbye forever. Well, no, not really forever. For now. Yeah, for now. We'll be back. So we do need to explain what's happening, really, don't we? Yeah. This was episode 20 and uh, of the first season. Yeah. Now, we've been doing this show for 20 episodes. Well, actually, 21 if you count our pilot. Um, so we've been doing the show for a while. Yeah. And we've built up some a good, solid, loyal fan base. We know you guys tune in every week. And we thank you for that. Well, we love you guys. Thanks. It's great. Um, but we know InTech today isn't quite where it should and could be. So we're taking a few weeks off. We're sort of retooling what we're doing. We're going to try some different things. And we're going to come back in a few weeks with a new, shiny, improved, same stuff but even better InTech today that we think you'll love. In the meantime, though, we're going to put out a few bonus things on the uh, stream, on the podcast um, stream. So, so that, do make sure you subscribe yeah. so you can download them when they come out. So stay, stay subscribed. And in those bonus episodes, we might keep you sort of up to date on what we're doing with InTech 2.0. 
So in the meantime, just enjoy. Listen to some inferior podcasts if you like. Yeah, uh, well, um, and as well as our bonus podcast. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, and we will come. We will come back. We, will we back. This is not. This is not. This is not goodbye. <laughs> this is not us trying it's to see slowly soon. slip away from Intech today and never come back because that would suck. We love doing it. Yeah. So we'll we will keep doing it. We will ke- keep doing it, and we will keep you informed. So do make sure you like you like us on Facebook. Yep. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app, whatever that may be. Yep. Um. Don't forget if you uh, missed last week's episode uh, where we talked about uh, Uber and yep. its recent uh, scandals, um, circus. Why the London London Underground is so damn hot, and was specifically last week. Yep. Um. And our techno dinosaur had a question about EU mobile phone roaming. Yep. Uh. You can download episode. 19 just subscribe in your favorite favorite po- podcast <laughs> <laughs> and if you are missing us over the next few weeks go right back to the pilot episode and listen right back through and laugh at everything we've done because that, that's what it, that's what season one has been we've been feeling our way through various concepts and we're, we're, we're nearly there but we're taking a few weeks off to finally get there maybe we should call the next one the the intake today 3g Ooh. 2S, 3G. No, no, we skipped two. Oh, we skipped, of course. We just go straight to 3G. Straight to 3G. And then we improve it with 3GS. Happy birthday, iPhone. We'll see you soon. Very soon. Hopefully. Definitely. 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 If you have any questions or if your technology is making you feel a bit like a dinosaur, get in touch with us on Twitter. Episode hosting and sponsorship provisioning for this show is provided by Blog Talk Radio. To supercharge your podcast hosting and get the right advertisers for your show, see intech.today slash blogtalkradio. Intech Today is and will continue to be when we come back, a production of Parktown Studios in London. Clear for a few weeks. End of episode. Eh, sorry, season one. Do we have a rap party now? Well, no, because I got to go to work after oh, this. Crap. Yeah, I know. Can we have a rap party at the weekend? Yeah, but I got to work on Sunday. Can we have a rap party next week? Yeah, I'm sure we can. Okay. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.